Aquafina is Nora from Queen Season 2, Episode 1 and 2 are out and streaming on Comedy Central and Hulu. It's cautioned as a show for mature audiences, but I could argue the contrary. Having caught up on these episodes, there's nothing a 13-year-old couldn't handle. Some language, that's it. The humor is nerdy, quirky, awkward, goofy. Nora has an edge to her, far from the perfect lead. Episode 1 reintroduces us to that character, but damn, Episode 2, Stop Nora Time? That faked me out. So let's talk about it. You're listening to today's episode. seen Aquafina in anything before? She's had comedy specials on Netflix, so I've seen the posters to that, and then she was also in that Jack Black movie, the Jumanji movie. Yeah, the second one. I've seen her in Crazy Rich Asians, Neighbors 2. She was even in The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. Who'd she play? Uh, Skeklock, the collector. She was in like seven episodes. And even if you, like no matter how you feel about her, you know that her persona and kind of her comedy is loud. So when I heard that when she was coming out with a show... Loud like Kevin Hart loud? Yeah, kind of. She's a tamed version of that. <laughs> in, in this? Well, so she's not as crazy as Kevin Hart can be in some of his shows. So it's not just 20 minutes of her saying lines like loud. No, her. these episodes actually have a plot. Okay, so yeah, can you break down the characters? Because from what I understand, there's four main ones. Mm, she was the main, main one. But yeah, there's her grandma, there's her, there's her dad... And I'm not sure who the fourth one you're referring to is because we are introduced to a couple different people. Uh, Edmund, right? That might be her ex-boyfriend? No, I think that's her cousin. Uh, it's played by Bowen Yang, the guy from SNL. Um, Bowen Yang. Oh, no, we don't see him in this. You don't see him at all? No. Okay. So, yeah. He's not in season two. Well, he is in season two, just probably not the episodes that you watched. Because I would have recognized him, for sure. Well, the co-creator, Teresa Hazeo, she was a graduate from Harvard and worked in business, and around the time of the stock market crash in 2008, actually transitioned to TV. So she's worked on such things as, like, Family Guy, American Dad, Fresh Off the Boat, and uh, she is also the executive producer with Aquafina on this. But the cast itself has an interesting backstory. Like, can you tell me about B.D. Wong? Because he's not someone, I think, that you would expect to be in a show like this. I didn't even recognize him, because he's, he's plays her dad. Right. But he doesn't even play a character close to anything i've seen before yeah this is his first improv show um his first comedy i didn't show. even know this was improv oh well i mean like hogwafina sometimes doesn't finish scenes so that they can improv it but like they do because she's a diva she just walks <laughs> off set she's like i'm not gonna finish no, this but from my understanding i, I, I kind of want to get into the plot before okay, we start talking about like individual traits about the characters because i don't want to spoil anything okay not that like the dad has that big of a role in this uh these two episodes but Nora's Nora's kind of a character you know right all right so i never saw the first season of the show i may have seen an ad for it but i didn't know too much about it's just called aquafina is nora from queens right i so, thought it was just nora from queens for the longest time until i actually did research for the show but yeah but whenever you have a title like that you can always like king of queens um like king of staten island uh anything with like boston in it <laughs> like, or yeah. Oakland. it's always about like a place with a bunch of assholes in it but they're their assholles like they're, they're right they love them yeah they're lovable <laughs> lovable most, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> okay so that's what i was sort of expecting and the first scene we get here is Nora, and she's having the perfect day, all right? She wakes up. She's in her expensive apartment. She has this uh, fancy-looking breakfast. She's uber successful, goes to her job. She's very popular. She knows everyone that she works with. They all love her. They're laughing at her jokes. She goes to the park for a walk, stumbles upon her old flame. 
So this is like he's also very successful. He's working at Bender and Bender, or sorry, Binder and Binder. That's how they say <laughs> it there. Um, and the next thing you know, they're together. And the next scene is just they're pillow fighting, they're baking, they're brushing each other's teeth. This is supposed to be really hokey, right? A little bit, yeah. It's obnoxious couple behavior. So, like, you're just, like, (laughs) annoyed, but at the same time, you see two people brushing each other's teeth, you can't help but laugh. And it's Man-Seeking Woman, kind of, that one episode where Jay Burrishow gets up and the toast, like, winks at him. Man-Seeking Woman (laughs) is a great comparison. So, then she electrocutes herself. She drops her hairdryer into a (laughs) toilet, and she reaches for it. She breaks her legs. An ambulance picks her up, but don't worry, everything's okay. <laughs> now her boyfriend is walk or kind of uh, rolling her through the park because she's in a wheelchair. Right. And it's the same park that they uh, re-met at, and he gets on one knee, and he starts to propose, and dream sequence cut over, done with. Five minutes into the show, I realized, okay, well, all this was fake. I was pretty sure it was fake <laughs> because of how well everything was going for her, but the truth and harsh reality of her life just hits you like a brick. You know? Right, like the first season, I think the finale, they even shot it in Taiwan, um, the airport there. But I think she was going... They went to Taiwan for yeah, the show? Yeah, because she was it's supposed to be... It's called Nora from Queens. Yeah, but <laughs> I think she was supposed to be moving, and then by the end, she had to come back. Oh, okay. So gotcha. I think that that was supposed to be like kind of the, the dream ending that season one was supposed to be or something. Well, no, because this definitely took place in Queens. She was still living in that, in, just in an expensive part of Queens. Okay. Uh, or New York. So... The truth of the harsh reality is that she lives with her grandma and her dad in this small house, right? Mm -hmm. She's single. She doesn't have a boyfriend. She's a lower-level sales rep um, for a lotion company called CBD Bliss. She's also a weed dealer on the side. Mm, Okay. But she doesn't seem that embarrassed about that, actually. Um, She vapes a lot. Uh, The name of this episode, by the way, is You're Not Never Too Old. Right. And it comes into play later on, but you can kind of guess you're never too old um from the first scene is like she's she has her dreams but she's not there at all yet well i think that Teresa hazeo said that they really tried to capture the millennial spirit (laughs) like and i think that that you know the never too old the struggling millennial spirit that kind of name um applies to but she's seen other millennials she's seen other classmates and such being much more successful than her finding success at this age like the guy who owns the company that she works at cbd bliss he comes in there to kind of see how operation is going and then she like he tells her to tuck in her shirt um and she doesn't realize that he's the owner of the place so she starts giving him flack about (laughs) how he's mansplaining stuff to her and stuff and then she's very embarrassed when not only he tells her he owns the company and she doesn't want to get fired but also that they used to be classmates Mm. so all of this is sort of defining her character again and it felt like i was watching sort of a pilot for a show i didn't really need to be watching the second season you can jump in right now and understand it um yeah i don't think that there's an ongoing story arc at any point I mean, maybe by the end of this, there kind of is, but <laughs> I'll get to there. Um, she's assigned this girl named Stacy, where she's supposed to kind of tutor her in the arts of lotion sales. Stacy is this rural, come to urban city, like innocent, cheery, dumb, naive, New York starstruck, obsessed with sex in the city girl, moves to New York thinks oh the world is my oyster right so the girl you've seen in like every single show like yes very preppy (laughs) and immediately nora's like this city's gonna eat you alive and spew you back bitter 
right? Yeah. But by the end of the episode, Stacy immediately gets a scholarship and goes to a school <laughs> and uh, where she's like has an apartment for her and an internship that she was going for. And she's like, just like you said, I'm going to follow my dreams. <laughs> and Nora's just like, what? It reminds me of Friends when Joey tells the student to play gay for the character because he's going for the same character. But the student ends up getting it because of his advice. Yeah, but Nora wasn't actually trying to mislead Stacy in right, any way. She was just, just... was just kind of annoyed by her. And then at the end, she was just like, how does this happen <laughs> anyways Nora's feeling sorry for herself throughout the entire episode she goes and walks through the same park from her dream runs into her old flame right oh, is okay. about to ask him out so this is playing out just like his, her dream <laughs> and his girlfriend shows up her name is Nova as opposed to <laughs> <laughs> so she keeps walking in the park comes across a witch lady who comes out saying that she needs to find what drives her and then that person just disappears. So it's so that's like surreal then. Sort of, but at the same time, that wished lady knew her name. So like, I don't think you see. The it was flirting lady. with supernatural like this. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then we get her going home to her grandma, who's had her own B plot storyline. I'll talk about in just a second. But her grandma actually gives her some words of wisdom. Uh, Life begins whenever you want it to. You're never too old which, again, relates back to the title of the episode. I thought it was a nice send-off. It's a moral message. So it does have heart to it. because In the first episode, it did. The reviews have said that it's funny, but I've never, like, come across a review yet that has been like, it does have an emotional, like, The first episode did make it seem like there's a character arc that's going to eventually have her... Uh, succeed in some way as long as she like puts her mind behind something right Nora's supposed to be more grounded in he- in this season than she was in season one okay well we'll talk about that in episode two <laughs> okay. but the b plot of it is the grandma gets these tests back from her doctor and they're abnormal her organs are that of a 20 year old she's perfectly healthy she's <laughs> so healthy in fact that she could do whatever she wants she goes to a library with her friends and is like yolo let's have a slapping fight or something and then she cracks her back and that's about the extent of it it lasted a little too long. She's a fan favorite, the grandma. The grandma's from um, Orange is the New Black. I recognized her from that. Uh, but yeah, I can see why right. she's she, likable. And she originally <laughs> rejected the role three times because she was working on a Broadway musical, I think. And then the fourth time, they were like, we need you to memorize this scene. And she's like, no, if I have to memorize anything, I'm just going to continually put my heart and soul into this musical. Once the musical is over, they approached her again. And then that's when she accepted the role. Cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, the musical is no longer going on, so no, yeah, yeah. Uh, she probably signed a contract that said like I can't do anything else during this. She music. said it was just the fact that she really wanted to be devoted to the Broadway thing. All right, anyway. all right. So episode two. Yeah, <laughs> this is where things get a little wonky. Stop, Nora. Time. Okay? okay. Flip the script. It's adventure story now. All right. So Nora wakes up. She's got a big old Texas-shaped rash on her uh, neck. Okay. Yeah, and they're like, it's shingles, and she's like. I never had chicken pox. And they're like, of course you did. Back in the earthquake from 2003, you got chicken pox. Then she spits out a tooth. It's time to see the doctor. Yeah. So she goes to one of those like urgent care doctors. But like this is clearly kind of like a cheaper office because doctor is spelled D-O-K-T-R, like ironically. And <laughs> she walks in there. There's a bunch of people in there. She signs in, lies about all the stuff like, do you vape? Are you healthy? Do you exercise? Like all right. that stuff that most people lie about. Then she sits down. And you know you can get a lot of personalities in this type of office. And she ends up next to this person named Greta. Greta hates Greta Thunberg. She also is very recognizable to me. I realized at the end of the episode she's from SNL. But Greta swallowed a key with some hair on it. And she's also a little strange. 
So like uh, a, a <laughs> yeah, little scary, it sounds strange. Like it, yeah. So Aquafina or Nora basically is like, okay, I'll see you later. She goes to the back office, right? Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been to urgent care, she gets pulled into the back pretty quickly. Like usually you have to wait for a good amount yeah, of time, especially if there's a lot of people there. Maybe the a couple hours sometimes. Wow. But yeah, she gets pulled almost immediately to the back. So it's a little suspicious that that happens. The doctor, well, no, then she has to put on a gown. She puts it on the wrong way. That's a funny joke. All right. Doctor comes in. He looks at his chart. Trust the chart over what she says because he's like, you have a heart condition. We're going to get you in the MRI immediately. And she's like, I don't have a heart condition. It's about my thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to trust this chart. <laughs> so, and MRIs are like $2,000 or something. They're really expensive. Yeah, he's. It was, it was funny, though. So she gets into the MRI, right? She's getting pulled back there. The MRI turns on. Everything starts shaking. I think for a second that that means that she's just having like a hallucination or something. But no an earthquake's happening because then we see like a far out version outside the mri things are falling around and then just blackness and then she wakes up and she's on the side of a road she's still wearing the gown she stands up she's looking around she's in queens but there are people there one's on their ipod one's using a flip phone there are old cars she's in 2003 Everything else looks the same. You could tell this was shot kind of on a cheap budget and that they were just trying to be like, oh man, we're we're back in 2003, (laughs) right? She's not the only one who's there though. Greta pops out. She's like, what the hell just happened? All right. So so you so you're basically transported back to 2003 because an earthquake happened when she was in the MRI and I assume Greta was she in an MRI as well or like Well, if you remember the earlier line I said where the she got chickenpox during an earthquake Oh, right. In 2003. So it's like those earthquakes connect it somehow. All right. But what does Greta want to do? She wants to go to a blockbuster or a video store. And they go to a. I mean, that's what I would want to do, probably. The same. I would go in there just for the, like, the smell, the ambiance, like, the candy, whatever. And uh, they're looking at the movies that are out back then, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And she sees American American Beauty, um, Greta does, and she confuses it with American Pie. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Then after that quick scene, they go to a library to kind of look up time travel books and stuff. And they meet the librarian who's an ex-porn star. She's from Search Party. I recognized her. Her lines were actually pretty funny. She delivered them pretty great. Who did she, she play in Search Party? She was like the boss lady of uh, of the main character. Like when she applied for a job, she didn't give her the job originally. Um, she also says that if she went back in time, she would warn her past self not to do the shit that she did, like go into porn. Mm-hmm. Um, so this also reminds me sort of like a Seth Rogen, Jason Manzoukas League episode, because it's just so out well, out there. Yeah, and it also reminds me of Modoc episode two, where they kind of did a similar time travel story, but it wasn't yeah, as... Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember you talking about that. Um, Nora, by the way, Modoc's going to come up in our next podcast too, but Nora, they go back to her house where she was in 2003. She's a little girl. She sees uh, a girl on a bike and she's like, okay, I got to tell you all this stuff. You got to stop being lazy. You got to live life in the moment. Uh, Uber, Bitcoin, BNB, Airbnb. Like, so she's giving her all this advice, right? Mm. (laughs) By the way, her grandma and her dad looked exactly the same because she can see them from inside the house. Uh, Then they go to Greta's house. And this is where it gets kind of more interesting because Greta goes upstairs to her room where she's only a baby. So apparently Greta's only supposed to be like, I don't know, 18 years old. She looks a little older than that, but um, she takes the baby and she throws it out the window. 
Yeah. But then she Greta. turns to yeah. So all this time we've been getting like weird little psychopathic hints about Greta, right? And she just yells, "I just saved sixty three lives!" And then she like Thanos is out, like her body just like disappears. So she in literally dust. kills herself. Yeah, she kills it. She and the way they say it is she loopered herself, <laughs> which which is pretty funny. And so then uh, the maid sees Nora leaving, and she's like, "Oh my god, you killed the baby!" And so now Nora's wanted for murder. The police are after her. Okay, what she the- goes. Well, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, from the from the first episode, this is obviously <laughs> quite a jump, I must say. Yeah, she goes back to her home to kind of. Uh, well, she gets advice from the librarian again, who's basically like, "You didn't screw things up, did you? With like, you didn't actually like mess with her path." So she goes back to try to undo what she told that one girl who she thought was her. Turns out it wasn't her. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> So then she's uh, she's on the run. She goes to the place where the doctor's shop should be. She kind of figures out that the earthquakes matter. Um, so she goes inside to this place that's now a tanning salon because it's 2003. <laughs> and instead of going into an MRI machine, she's going into a tanning bed. The police are literally on her tail, like knocking at the door. She jumps in the tanning be- bed. The earthquake happens. Dream sequence over. She wakes up with the doctor apologizing for his mistake. <laughs> Okay, and so so somehow the tanning because it was the same place. That's where the tanning yes. bed was. Okay, because right. remember, urgent cares weren't like a thing, sixteen, seventeen years ago. So okay, but my God, eighteen years ago. Yes. When she when she wakes up though, is that like the end of the episode? Is it just like cut to black afterwards or? Uh no 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 that's not the end of the episode. I've done a fair amount of research for this show, and I must say I had no idea something that crazy happens. I only knew there was a. Well, t- wait for it because it's so not over. So okay, all right, all right. So she wakes up. She's with the doctor's apologizing. I'm like, okay, well, it's over. She walks out of the doctor's office, right, and she looks over to where and Greta's just sitting there, right. So, so Greta's still there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm kidding. She's gone. Greta is gone. All of this was real. And no one in the... T- and then one of the tanning uh, salon people is there. <laughs> Accidentally got stuck in the in the future now. And they're just waiting in the chair. Very confused. <laughs> Magic exists in this show. Her rash now looks like Italy, by the way. So she did mess with something. But like... <laughs> and, then, and the kicker is at the very end of the episode... Chen, this the girl from the past, right. drives up um, with her driver drives her up. <laughs> she says thank you for making her a billionaire, and then Nora <laughs> asks for money, and she just drives off. <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. So in this world, we learn from the first episode where I thought, okay, this is like a broad city, like it's based in the city oh. life, like where it's logic, like the laws of physics actually matter here. But no, I'm completely wrong. And so that makes that witch thing that happened in the first episode more relevant because maybe she is actually like in a trapped world or something. Well, I'm glad you saw the time travel episode because the showrunner did state that like there would be a couple weird episodes. I know there's one that's going to come up in the future about imaginary friends. Oh, this is very weird. Yes. I didn't think it was going to go that far. I did have a couple different shows I wanted to see if you could compare it to after seeing the episode two. It sounds more like a Rick and Morty type thing. Um, but I guess based off of like the it was first just episode. fun to kind of explain the storyline. I would still only give this show like a seven, but I, I mean that's kind of along with the IMDb score seven point two. Actually, the first two episodes haven't been reviewed on IMDb. Um, yeah, they're really new. They just came out. Right, but uh, I have noticed also some cliches that they or. Mm, 
they, they tend to repeat themselves a little bit. Like they teamed her against a stupid character in each one. First it was Stacy, mm -hmm. and then next it was Greta. And it felt kind of like a repeat of the same character. However, one was a psychopath murderer who then ended up killing themselves. <laughs> and the other one was just an innocent girl who ended up. So I guess they are different, but they're very stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, was the second episode completely Nora? Because... Uh, the first two episodes were both completely Nora, except for, oh, you're talking about the grandma's B-plot? Right. Yeah, so I guess the second episode, completely Nora. So with B.D. Wong, did you, like, get a good sense of him at all? He's just kind of there, um, hanging out with the grandma most of the time. Uh, he, he provides some jokes, but he's not, like, doing anything on his own. Well, I know he's directing an episode in the future for this show. He also was really scared about taking the role, even having to speak to the co-creator and kind of get to know... Uh, Again, he's playing so different than what I'm used to seeing him in that lock in the cop show and in um, Mr. Robot. Yeah, when like, they were doing the first... He's always so clean and clean cut. In this, he's kind of just like a slob. Well, when they were doing the first season uh, or shooting the first season of uh, Nora from Queens, he was still shooting the last season of Mr. Robot. So he talked about kind of the struggles it had to take to go to, from a show that's completely scripted. You really can't deviate that much to a show that almost is completely the opposite. Yeah. Uh, also having to dress in like as a girl and a guy in that show and then come here and just play like a kind of just like a slob right when, when this <laughs> um but but yeah i just also wanted to say another thing i liked about the show is that the grandmother called her um nora bow bow at one point and that just reminded me of the disney short film yeah it also reminds me of nightmare and dreamscapes i think that the episode it's I just watched, a nice yeah. way of referring to it. it's like a loving term um also there are very similar character quirks like they always give almost a way of identification for instance her ex hates durian and they made a big deal about that greta hates greta thunberg uh stacy loves sex in the city like it's always one thing that they like try to clinch with the characters so that you can remember so, yeah, them better remember. and it's a good um writing device but it, it comes across kind of like well, this is obvious. <laughs> well, they get most of the plots from Aquafina's life, and that kind of leads me to the next question. We've done a lot of successful shows, because this was as well, when it premiered back in 2020, I think it was January 2020, it had, like, the third, or the highest rating for a series premiere since, like, 2017 by that point. Yeah. And uh, we've done a fair amount, like, Pen15, Young Rock, Breeders. What, what do you think it is about these shows that, like, make them so popular? Pen15 almost feels more mature than this. Um, as far as the things they're talking about, because they're going into sex a little bit more. This, like, they wouldn't even show any nudity. Like, she was in her fully clothed form while she was trying to, like, uh, put on that weird um, gown thing that the doctor makes you wear. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but then what was the other one? Young Rock? It's sort of like Young Rock because it's a recreation of just fake stuff that didn't happen. And that one had the fake hobo, right? Yeah, the guy who dies. And then Breeders, I actually put this one in there because B.D. Wong talked about the fact that since he's a father now, he kind of used that to help his role here. And I know that Mark Breeders. Freeman kind of did the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, you weren't that, saying that he compared it to Breeders. Right. Because yeah. this is a... No, no, no. The, I the tone saying... of those shows is like, this. that was really dark. I, I was saying what they did to kind of get into character was the same. I wasn't really comparing the shows that much. But some other ones I have here are like episodes episodes is it similar to that in any way i mean leblanc was playing an exaggerated version of himself and i don't think i don't really know what nora's life was beforehand because well, you're saying that's her real name right in real life yeah nora lum okay so i think aquafina is also playing a fictionalized version but you're saying they're different what about something like well not fictionalized like his is just exaggerated form of like him his actual self like this i think is supposed to be a loose well, yeah, I mean, I mean, who she is, and like right? I said, she's supposed to be kind of more grounded. This when did season. she get famous? Was she in her thirties? It was twenty fourteen, and she came out with a music video called My Badge. Okay, so is that how this series ends? Well, I actually had a question here, as if you could predict as to where the season's going to go. 
uh, well, given that in that first episode, it sounds like she needs to find her drive, her the thing that makes her happy. Um, so is she admitting to be a weed dealer like in the past? Is that what you're telling me? I think I, I like you said. I think it's loosely based. Is she, based. Is she is saying it? that she actually thinks she went back and? <laughs> no, I mean, is she? Does she married right now? No, she's single. Okay, so like the whole storylines with her boyfriends and stuff. Or? Yeah, that's. I think that's just like fake. Oh, okay, all right. So then, I, again, I don't see how this is connected to her life too much, unless you have information that I don't. <laughs> no, so would you say that this show is like Zach Stone is going to be famous at all? The Bo Burnham show? Yeah, the MTV one. Um, I don't remember that one that well. Like, I just remember that he liked to pump in a bunch of jokes and they weren't nearly as funny <laughs> as his independent specials. You mentioned Broad City, and that one is compared to this the most. Another surprising one that I found on here was Younger. So much so, in fact, Steve K. Tashuda directed the first episode of this, and he directed some episodes of Younger and Community. Community? Community yeah. and Younger it seems like a bigger difference than, than this and Younger. Because they both have female leads. They're both, uh, well, not trying to succeed in business or, or get away with a lie, but I don't know. Community is just seems like a more of an ensemble cast. Uh, but yeah, no, it has an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, season two, I really wasn't able to find that many reviews, but from what I did, some people were saying it was even better than season one. Well, the first two episodes have been okay. <laughs> yeah, so overall, that's, that's kind of, and it hasn't been renewed for season three. That's only news because even before the premiere in season one, it was already renewed for season two. I wonder if anything has a cost. Like, is the fact that the tan- tanning lady in the few, I doubt it does, but like, that she's now in this world will that come back to bite her I, in I, any way i doubt it I is the fact that she made her friend rich like does that come into play or is it literally just it resets at the end of every episode well i know that for the first like five episodes or so in the first season there wasn't really a story arc but by the back end of it um edmund and her kind of came up with like an app and that kind of took the last five episodes to where it was going yang you said yeah okay well it'll be interesting where he shows up in this season um, I think both B.D. Wong also is uh, dating Jennifer Esposito. Brenda, do you see her at all in this episode? That was crossed over from season one. No, you do get a couple other characters. Like this one person is dating this girl who, who broke her legs as well. Maybe that's why. Oh, th- that's why I wanted to point out. So in the first scene where we see that dream sequence happen, I think that is supposed to fool you for the second episode. Like it's a, it makes you think, oh, this can't be real, right? Right, Because yeah. it's already shown you how it does fantasies and right. stuff. So it made it perfect. Like, that was a really smart piece of writing. The fact that in the second episode, it was a bait and switch, and it actually was real, while in the first episode, it was completely And it sounds like they even went crazier in the second episode. Yeah, so it was like, okay, we're really going to trick the audience here, and they did. So (laughs) when Greta wasn't there when she came back, I was just, like, jaw-dropped to the floor, and... The way they just killed her off was was funny. Well, I know that in season... In no other se- word. The highest rated episode in season one was when the grandma was explaining to Aquafina, I think it was episode eight, how she met her grandfather, and it takes place in, like, a Korean drama. Like, that's what they're making fun of. So it They did like- also make fun of a Korean drama here. Like, when the grandma was in the library, because she was, like, so healthy or whatever, right. one of the other grandmas basically said, I'm going to ruin your favorite Korean drama. This person ends up with this person. And it was like, so... Well, the grandma has a gang. That was one of the things in episode eight that so many fans uh, love in the first season was that like the grandma is uh, like kind of has an evil other grandma gang that they fight in like a food court <laughs> in the first season yeah so that so apparently they're going to have like an episode nine or ten like a call back to that or something so <laughs> fun <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to watch that episode. I like the two that I got. But overall, yeah. So you're saying it's a positive review from you? Yep. And I think that's where we should end it. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. Hope you had a good time. Bye. Bye.